Hey, what's going on? This is The Doug Show. My name is Doug Cunnington, and in this episode, I interview Jared Krause. He blogs, and uh, I guess he has a podcast as well, over at Buying Online Businesses. And you should check out his blog. You should check out his podcast as well. I'll put links and stuff in the show notes. Jared's story is super interesting because he started off his career as a plumber, And as you can imagine, he sort of branched out and moved over to the online business category and he buys online businesses. That's sort of his thing. And it makes a lot of sense because many businesses, as they're starting off, they fail in the the beginning, right? So if you can get a business that's already uh, running, it's making money, you can see the moving parts and everything, like you may be better off. You can sort of skip that early failure uh, sort of timeline there. So anyway, Jared has some pretty cool resources I'll mention really quick before we get into the interview. Number one, a due diligence framework, which we reference within the interview. So when you see a website website or a business for sale, it's often hard to tell, like, is it legit? Is it like worth what they're asking for and that sort of thing? So the due diligence framework is very helpful. Further, he also has a website evaluator tool and I'll put links in the description so you can get to it pretty easily. But in both cases, they can help you evaluate the the value of a business and whether or not a business is legit through that due diligence framework. So before I send it over to the interview, do check out his podcast as well. Put a link for that. And without further ado, let's talk to Jared Krause. Hey, what's going on? It's Doug Cunnington here, and I'm sitting with Jared Krause. So how are you doing today? I'm really good. Thank you, Doug. And how are you? Oh, I'm doing, I'm doing well too. We were just talking about how I'm warm right now because I turned the air conditioner off. But other than that, I'm doing great. So we don't know each other well. We actually just started talking about 10 minutes ago. So this will be a pretty, uh, hopefully fun interview as we get to know each other. And for the people actually like myself who don't know you, Jared, can you give us a little bit of an intro, like what you do now and a little bit about your origin story? Yeah, cool. What I do now is I teach people how to buy website businesses, uh, people that want to sort of get to this space of, you know, whole make money online type deal. Uh, and they come, they come in and they want to learn, you know, how to buy them, uh, rather than just grow them. And that's a different, different option. Uh, my origin is uh, I was a plumber. Uh, I was working, you know, crazy hours per week and commuting to work and all that fun. And, uh, it took me a while to get to the point where, I was buying sites. Uh, I I struggled a fair bit and then got to a point where I I bought a couple. PPL found out about it, wanted to know more, and that's why we spawned into teaching. Got it. And I detect a little bit of an accent. Are you from Texas? (laughs) No, I'm from across the border. No, I'm I'm well well across the border. Uh, I'm from Australia. Okay, right on. Very cool. And can you – I mean, you were – you were a plumber before. So how did you make the transition over to purchasing websites and businesses in general? What happened there? Yeah, well, there was a lot of struggle, uh, as you could imagine. Any entrepreneur has that, that struggle phase, right? Uh, so I was 
working a lot and I'd quit work and I'd go away and I'd travel because I was like, all right, I'll save up for a year. I'm going to go away and travel for six months because the Aussie doll's really good back then. Now it's not so good as we record, but uh, and I'd go away and spend all my money, come home broke or with a little bit of money and then start working again and repeat that. And I was like, man, I need to like – I, I don't want to work like I'm running like I thought I was running away from my job but I was literally running away from what my life was at that time and I sat down and I was in Egypt and I was a, a dive master I, I did a dive master course become a dive master and I become a dive guide and I realized like this is what I want to do I want to travel the world but how do I do it right like I literally jumped on Google and I typed in <laughs> how to travel the world and make money online and popped up like travel bloggers. I'm like, that's it. I'm a travel blogger now. And I did that and struggled my way through travel blogging because everybody's a travel blogger and everybody now with an iPhone is a travel blogger. And so I did see that there wasn't a whole lot of money to be made in that, but I was just like, you know what? I got to chip my shoulder. I'm going to show you that I can do this. And, uh, <laughs> and I made a little bit of money. It wasn't enough to sustain the lifestyle. So I stopped that. And I thought, right, I need to get proper online business, like a drop shipping business or something. And I started a drop shipping business and I failed. And I put so much work and effort into it. And it wasn't like it the main reason I failed is because I spent a whole lot of time on it. I didn't spend too much money, but I spent so much time building this thing. And I just thought, you know, if I got a shop online, people are gonna come and buy stuff. But it's not the case, right? Like you've got to have – you can have the best shop in the world but it could be in the desert and nobody would know about it and you wouldn't make any money even if the shop was made out of gold or whatever it is. So I failed at that. I didn't know what marketing was. Uh, I learned a whole lot about marketing and I thought, well, I'm going to go away and buy a website instead now. Like I'm failing. I came across this thing that was like 90% of startups fail, this stat. I was like, well, dude, like I'm, I'm going to buy – one that's past that 90% failure rate and that's I taught myself how to do research and due diligence and then I got into that bought one and another one another one and people found out and then they're like mate can you teach me how it's done got it and can you put a little bit of a timeline around actually the everything that you said so how long were you a plumber and then how uh, long were you sort of traveling and going back and forth and then with the travel blogging like how long did you give that and just sort of set a timeline for us yeah so I was plumbing so I got out of school and I was plumbing from like 2005 to 2000 and uh, probably 13 2014 uh, and yeah 2013 and I then I bought my first business then but in between 2012 to 2014 I was travel blogging for two years and I also had my travel blog whilst I was building this first drop shipping store uh, and yeah and, and I, I built that up over six months eight months and I kept it and then I just shut it down later because it just wasn't making money and this right. costing me hosting and all, this, all that fun stuff so uh, and then since early Oh, mid-2014, I've been buying sites and I got to a point where I had had I bought my first business in 2014 and then I bought a second one in 2015 and within a short period, I had two businesses and I was making more from my full-time gig as a, a, I was a supervisor at the plumbing firm at this time and so I quit and then I went away and traveled and then I bought a third business and then, yeah, it just it just grew from that. 
Okay. So, yeah. Gotcha. And for the businesses that you purchased, can you give us an idea of like the business model? Obviously, there's many, many different uh, ways to make money. I usually focus on Amazon affiliate marketing and some people have sites based on AdSense or whatever, right? There's tons of possibilities. So do you have like a sweet spot that you just personally enjoy more? Yeah, I do. Um I, I, this is one that I didn't tell you off air. I'm going to tell, I'm going to tell you now because it's, it's my first business I bought and I think it's quite cool. It was a membership model, right? Uh, and I bought a, a membership model business and I was like, I'm, I've really liked this because it's making recurring income every single month. People already signed up and I had that for a little bit and I shut it down just because it was getting old and it wasn't viable to keep it open. And the other two that I bought were drop shipping businesses and the drop shipping model. Uh, and I've stuck to drop shipping and a lot of my clients are buying drop shipping businesses, also other types of sites too, but, uh, drop shipping was a model that I really dug and got into and yeah, I liked it. Cool. And one observation that I have is, you know, your, one of your first sites that you were trying to start from scratch on your own was indeed a drop shipping site. So you had like prerequisite information, you knew some stuff that definitely didn't work. Right. So like <laughs> for you to stick with it and like buy those kind of businesses, it makes like perfect sense to me. Cause like you're skipping the, um, that failure rate period in the beginning. So, I mean, do you have anything to add about that? Yeah, that's a great pickup, Doug, is that when people first move to this space of buying websites is like, what sort of business should I buy? And sometimes people have no like, background of like I had a little bit in drop shipping but when you do come to it is that you know use what you know already and like if you know a bit about drop shipping or a bit about affiliate sites like you know you do and all these different types of stuff then then stick with that type of business model if you don't then find one that clicks with you and makes sense to you and it's easier for you to understand like if it's easier for you to understand affiliate sites and you're like yeah I get this rather than drop shipping then go move forwards to that. And that's why I, I just picked the, I like membership models. I'd learned a lot about them, but it was in a drop, ship, drop shipping space. So I went and bought it and it was, I knew a lot about it. And that was a massive advantage when I first started. So yeah, that's a great pickup. Thanks. Thanks. That's why I'm here. If, if that's the only one I have today, the only good question, uh, <laughs> I'll take it. So, um, for these sites that you're, you're looking at, uh, obviously it's pretty hard to understand if it's going to be a site with a lot of growth potential, if it's actually legit, you know, if it's making the money that they say and so on. I, I don't even know all the things you have to check out. Due diligence, they call it, right? So can yeah. you just tell me about that process and just some tips for people? Yeah, so the due, that's a tongue twister, due diligence. Um, always get it and all the clients do as well. But we, it's, it is important. The first thing that I look for is the opportunities before I look for the red flags. Um, like you mentioned and like how to grow it. Like they're the opportunities. Like, so I will look at different things like what's, you know, do they have an email list that they're not currently marketing? Do they have a social media accounts that they're not? currently targeting or, or posting content uh when was the last seo work that they've done and what was it 
uh, and what type of improvements could we do to the SEO to to get it ranked higher in the search engines, get more traffic coming in? Uh, what type of marketing is being done? Is it is it working? If it is working, great. Why is it working? So we can double down on it, and make that marketing even better. If it's not working, why is it not working? So we can make it better as well. And the key question that I like to ask is is why. Uh, and why and why 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 is it like this why is it like that and I know I sound like a child when I ask the why question so much uh, but it's so good because you get so much information when you're doing your research and due diligence so first of all I do when I'm scanning for businesses I look for all these opportunities of like how can I grow this business and what I just rattled off there is just like a real snippet uh, that's what goes on in my brain I put it I put it out on paper and, and into other forms of like education that people can consume but when it comes to the point where I look for like red flags we call them red flags or you know um, things that you know raise something that we need to check out is that's where we dig into the deep due diligence and finding out like all right what what SEO work has been done and has there been any black hat SEO uh, for people listening you know you got the two different types of SEO white hat black hat gray in the middle, blackout, not so good. Well, not good at all, <laughs> especially according to the new update on Google. Um, but yeah, so we check out what's what are some things that are concerning and then ask those harder questions to the sellers. Uh, and that can be anything through the marketing, through the SEO, uh, through the competition, uh, financials, and a few other things that we look for as well. So yeah, pointing out those red flags is is really, really, really important. Things that you can't see. Um, yeah. Cool. And have you, I guess, like what's the weirdest sort of red flag that you've seen in the due diligence process? Yeah, so there's there's been so many. Um, oh, one last week. This uh, is the one of the guys posted in the group. He's like, oh, this person wants to sell their site. And they want to sell the um, Australian domain with the dot com dot au, and he said, "Is it is it something I should be cautious of that the person who's selling it wants to have me sign a, a document or agreement that I can that he can still trade his services and products in Australia, even if I buy the dot com dot au?" And I just that's a huge red flag, and that was quite weird for me to to be asked that question. Uh, somebody that's a total beginner to this space, um, which is it's fair, it's a fair question, but that raises a massive red flag. Like, mm -hmm. why would somebody? Why would you buy a business of somebody and allow them to keep trading, which is going to be your competition, and they're already way more built up than what you've just bought? <laughs> right. Weird. So that was a quite a weird one. Yes, yeah, odd. Have you had um, from the financial perspective? Like, I, I know as a you know, an entrepreneur who didn't know anything about, you know, business or marketing or doing anything on my own. It was a little shaky. Uh, luckily, I could like work a spreadsheet pretty good, but mm. it was a little shaky, like keeping track of the books. And, um, you know, I think I, I wrapped it up pretty tight early on, but have you seen just like terrible books where, you know, someone is saying they're making a lot of money, but then when you start looking, there's a lot of empty spaces in this story of profit. Oh, it's it's so common. It's so common. You've got people that are all over uh, marketplaces, 
And Flipper's really cleaning this up, which is really good because I just spoke to the Flipper CEO a couple of weeks back and they're putting some tools in place to prevent this. But there have been – and people that buy the, buy websites off a, uh, a platform here in Australia, it's called Gumtree. It's much like eBay, but you can, you can sell just products Australia-wide and people sell websites even on eBay and this place called Gumtree. And one person wrote me uh, – probably a year or two years ago, oh, hey, Jared, I really want to buy this website. It's $15,000 to buy it and it's making $12,000 a month. Do you think this is a good investment? Um, and every, anybody anybody that sees those numbers is like, that's awesome. Like, get it. Like, that's such a good deal. But it's just so unrealistic. Right. Like, and I just wrote back to him like, no, that's just, that's terrible. It's just, it's just, how, why would somebody sell something worth fifteen thousand dollars, you know, or something for fifteen thousand dollars when it's only making twelve? And yeah, that's that's very common to see that where businesses are selling for like ten thousand dollars and they're making two thousand dollars a month, or a hundred thousand dollars and they're making fifty thousand dollars a month. And you're like, it's just not realistic. The multiple is very different these days. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's something to very be wary of. I have had personally a website that I bought my second business is I bought one and the currency, it was an Aussie business and it was being sold in US dollars, but it was using a, a company in a, a different country with a different currency. So there's three currencies that I had to convert and the books on the international currency that wasn't Aussie or US dollars was like so hard to understand. And I, I put my hand up. I was like, dad, just like my dad loves like um, accounting type stuff and and doing book work. I was like, dude, can you please just like look at this? Because I don't get it. It's a great business. I can see it's making great money, but I just don't get it. Yeah. So and that's a huge tip for everybody is, is put your hand up for help when you want to do any sort of investing or achieve any level of success, I reckon. Got it. Okay. And moving on to like actually purchasing a site. So obviously there's a lot of brokers out there. We have some mutual uh, friends and contacts at different, you know, brokers across the world as it is. Um, yeah, we but, have lots actually. Yeah. So do you have any, any that you work with frequently or that you want to mention here for people to check out? You know, you mentioned Flippa just now. Yeah. Um, people buy, yeah, I've, I've had people go through and, and, um, go through Flipper and, uh, Empire Flippers is a huge one. They're just like, they're crushing the space at the moment. Uh, those two, uh, you know, like I'm not, uh, how should I put it? I'm, I'm, I'm not biased to any one of them because there's deals everywhere and everybody has, you know, good deals available uh, at certain times. So I'm not biased just to just one, um, even though that we, you and I both know a lot of brokers and people that have started those bigger brokerage firms and stuff like that. And they do all great work and they have great deals for different people at different times. And I'm, I don't want to just, just single out just one. So there's so many out there. Yep. And, and I'll mention, um, Empire Flippers. They let me guest post there a couple of times. So I like them, of course. Yeah. And then I know FE International, good folks over there. And then yeah. the thing that I didn't realize, and as I've, um, been in the space a little while, there's so many like private brokers and private equity, but like maybe it's family businesses or just there's, there's money out there and people are spending like a lot of money. It's kind of insane when you start poking around. So you've run across this, Jared, as well? 
Yeah, just this morning there was a guy, um, well, one of my mates just sent me a, a quick Slack message saying, oh, hey, you should check this guy out. And I went on and he's selling, you know, selling and buying deals anywhere from 10K up to like plus a mil- million bucks. And the guy, like, I hadn't even heard of the guy, uh, but we had like 14 mutual friends or something like right. that with all these brokers that you've just mentioned, FE International, uh, uh, Empire Flippers, you know, you've got Latona's Quiet Light Brokerage, like uh, Mark Douse and all these different people. But like, I'd never heard of this guy, and he, you know, they're crushing it. Like, just mm-hmm. yeah, there's so many people out there with with decent sized money. And I spoke to Richard Patey from Flipping Websites on his podcast, and he, you know, he doesn't buy businesses himself. He uses investors' as money and and flips them, and they. You know, there's a lot of money out there. People that want to buy sites, they don't know a whole lot about it, but they just want somebody experienced in the field, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, it's tough um, for, like, let's say it's a private equity, you know, investment group, and they they don't have the skills. They know the opportunity is out there, but they don't have the skills. So it's cool for somebody like Richard to, you know, spearhead the situation, provide some of the expertise and at least, you know, steer the ship so that they're not like throwing away money or anything like that. And of course it's really, uh, you know, profitable for everyone. Everyone wins. So what, you know, one piece, uh, and we're, we're going to dive deep into the weeds here. So let's say, um, you've identified a site, you found it at some, uh, brokerage or something like that. And you see, you know, very few to no red flags, some good opportunities for growth. And maybe it happens to be like in your, you know, wheelhouse of skills as well. So what do you do? I mean, I imagine you want to try and get some growth, right? You don't want it to just say static. So what do you do after you buy the site? Yeah, so what I do is I just try to become a sponge and absorb as much information from the seller first before I go away and make radical changes. There are a lot of people out there that do go away and buy businesses and like, look, let's just jump in there and make all these changes. And this is some stuff that I've done before. Like I'm that type of person that's like a massive action taker. And so the first thing I'll do is like I'll really work out how the business is running as a machine and and see for a month or two what parts are are doing well what are not doing so well and is it viable to change those things and then once i know a fair bit about it and it depends whether it's got vas or employees with the business if it's got vas then oh, this that's uh, a massive advantage because you got a lot more you got access to these guys for the duration that you own the business if they're going to stay on board and they know so much more about the business than you. So I bought a business with some VAs and like I, I did three calls with the seller. They, I learned so much, but I learned a world more of knowledge than from the VAs. So I really absorb as much as I can from them because they're in the business on the ground. So I learned, that's the first step is I learn as much as I can about the business. And then I take the strategy that I put in, I, I put down on paper that I wanted to do to change the business. And then I asked myself again, are these changes what the business actually needs? And if so, how do I implement them? If they're not, how do I change them? And then I start making those changes. So whether it's like, all right, SEO, what's the most important thing for SEO right now? Um, Marketing, what's the most important thing that needs to be done in the marketing right now? And 
then I like kind of when I do make those changes is identify the low hanging fruit of like some small tweaks and some small changes that I can make to grow the business. And the low hanging fruit could be they have an email list and it could be a couple of thousand subscribers strong and it hasn't really been targeted. And that's a low hanging fruit where I could just write a couple of emails, introduce myself as a new owner or just say, Hey, there's a change in management and we're changing a few things. We want to make sure we can ensure this business gets better or whatever it is. And then start, building a better relationship with them, start making some more revenue out of some email marketing. So a few different things is the first thing, listening, learning as much as you can, double checking your strategy, identifying the low hanging fruit. And then the fourth thing would be um, implementing those, the strategy that you've changed for growing it. Do you have any tips for uh, prioritizing what to do and when, you know, you mentioned the low hanging fruit, which, you know, that makes sense. It's a little bit easier to mm. get to, right? Um, but let's say you have a few that it's, it's hard to tell what's easier or what's going to have the best ROI in a short or long-term time frame. So h- how do you figure out what to do when? Yeah, it, it, I think it, it's a tough one because it really depends on the business as well. Like if the business is, uh, it's got a lot of expenses and they're not, as important then and you want to get some income into the business i think that's something to just jump into straight away uh but say for example it's got a lot of expenses and it's making a decent amount of income but you can see there's more uh, value to be added in earning more more income more opportunity there i'd say stick with stick with the expenses that are there anyway because they're getting used so you don't have to relearn new tools or whatever you use to sub out those other ones uh, and then, you know, go for that opportunity and earning the income quicker rather than just taking away the expenses. And it really depends on the shape of the business and the bit list. I would love to give you just like this definitive answer, but I think that's the best I can do yeah. with that one. Yeah, I mean, that's when I get questions like that, usually as long as you don't make like a catastrophic mistake where you can't like, you know, have flexibility to yeah. adapt – it's probably okay. And the thing is like, you never know which is the better decision because you can't go back in time and like do the other thing. So as long as you don't like totally fuck it up, like it's usually okay. (laughs) So yeah. Um, yeah, that's totally fair. I mean, like that's, that's the deal. Like you have to make a decision with like not enough information. You don't know if it's right. Try not to mess up too bad. And then hopefully, um, you know, you'll learn from it at the end of the day, like even if it wasn't the best decision. So Mm. Cool. That makes sense. Um, so for, you know, you, you primarily focus on, you know, drop shipping sites from an SEO perspective. I, I spend a lot of time with SEO and being ignorant about drop shipping sites. Um, is SEO like a huge deal? You mentioned it a couple of times. Um, where does it land sort of on the spectrum of things that are important for, for you and your sites? Uh, that's a great question. Just dropping some awesome questions, Doug. I love it. Uh, this this is so so good, and the reason I love this one is because right now uh, I see that SEO is is very very important, and it always has been important. But specifically now, I, I'd spent had been spending a bit of money in Facebook marketing, and the results hadn't just across the board with a lot of friends in Australia and people I know in the industry that aren't getting the results that we were getting you know, this time last year or earlier. And 
Google's updating their algorithm. They've made a really massive change and they're really rewarding people that are putting some solid SEO work in to their businesses uh, and websites. So I feel that SEO is such an important thing uh, at the moment. That's as compared to other things that I can grow my business, I would say that's one of the most important things. Like one of the biggest things that I'm working on, which is why I'm, I'm producing so much content is so I can have it on my site and so I can get ranked higher in my buying online businesses business and connecting with so many people uh, because it's just, it's a, it's a, it's just a massive win across the board. Like I get to have fun while I do it and people love it and it's going to get me ranked higher and I get to reach more people and actually help people with my mission. So SEO is like one of the biggest things or sorry, is the biggest thing that I'm working on right now. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah, well, and I'm big on SEO, and this is meta, very meta, as we're going to talk about being on a podcast in a podcast, and like, here's the deal, right? So, like, you we we got an introduction, right? So we knew mm. we knew some mutual people. You shot me an email, and I was like, this guy seems like he can communicate well. I want to talk <laughs> to him, and uh, you're going to get a backlink from like the podcast. We're putting it on YouTube, like. A few, you know, hundred people are going to see and watch and all that stuff. So you're going to get a backlink and you're going to get traffic through it. And you could be a guest on other podcasts and tell your story. Like you said, it's enjoyable. You're building your network and you get a backlink at the end of the day. So for people, like if you could figure out how to be on podcasts, like there are so many out there and people are looking to interview folks. So um, check it out again, very meta. Um, but even for, I mean, like for drop shipping sites, or affiliate sites, you could do it too. People are into whatever weird little thing that you're doing. Um, they are into it. I mean, the conversation that we're having now is so deep, but like many thousands of people are very interested in this stuff. So any thoughts on that, Jared? Yeah, I love it. And that's just so true is that you, you can have so much fun doing it. Uh, and the deeper that you go, Normally, I find the better for everybody else because they get it at a at a way deeper level. And when we really get things at a deeper level, it's sort of like uh, in a different level of consciousness. It, it's something that we really need to hear that can help us propel to, towards what we are trying to achieve in our websites and businesses. And so, yeah, this and like you said, the people that are doing drop shipping or affiliate sites, say I'm writing affiliates, um, you know, I've got affiliate product that's like a Here, phone. Before, before you, before you, I usually try not yeah. to give anything, use ballpoint pen just so we don't give away okay. anyone's. Yeah. So ballpoint pen. Go ahead. Ballpoint pen, right? And I've just, I've got all these, I'm writing all these videos. I mean, I'm writing all these blog posts about these different ballpoint pens because like it just helps me write so much better. And then what I can do is I can create a podcast and I can get different people that are producers of ballpoint pens, whether it's like $10 up to the $500, $1,000 ballpoint pen, I can get them on and they can tell us why their ballpoint, ballpoint pen is better than a lot of other people's and we can talk about ballpoint pens and enjoy it and it's easier to do on a podcast or a video or interview or whatever it is and that's the for SEO that's what people are consuming the best at the moment, right? Not many people want to read as much. So 
and the cool thing is you you know you could get free pens and you could do some free pens for people that subscribe to your list some promo for them and for you and you know you get a link and that link to like that ballpoint pen that's charging a thousand dollars per pen is going to boost you up quite high and that means you're going to make more affiliate commissions and affiliate sales from doing so and i think it's just a a really good medium to go for at the moment. That's the way people are consuming content and you can enjoy it and it's it's fun. Nice. Nice. Yeah. So for for the content that you are producing, aside from uh podcasts, I take it you're doing the written word blog post as well, right? Uh actually no, not so much. I am gonna take my videos and and create them into posts and embed my videos into that. Uh it's something I haven't got to gotten to yet, but yeah, I'm not actively uh, texting. Okay. Typing, written, yeah. written word. Okay, cool, written, cool. yeah. All right, interesting. Which is like I started um, with the blog and then moved into YouTube and then to the podcast where, I mean, you'll be I mean, you'll be doing the same thing in a different order where, I mean, I'm repurposing written content to other formats and having yeah. conversations and all that. But, okay, interesting. Yeah. Um, as far as the offsite SEO portion of it. So we kind of alluded to, you know, getting the backlinks through collaboration via podcast and all that stuff. But do you do other sort of like link building or promotion type activities? Yeah, I don't actually. Um, for I was doing some link building with one of my sites uh, and I had some SEO people do some of that. Uh, it didn't really amount to much because they weren't the greatest at it. Uh, but... I haven't really done too much link building myself. Uh, it's mainly this, the, the SEO that I'm doing now is what we just talked about, uh, you know, on-page SEO such as like, you know, the keywords and the descriptions and the meta and the, you know, all those um, all those things that need to be there. Uh, I, I have been working, I've changed my hosting, um, get my site loading faster, which is for everybody listening, the quicker your site loads the better the SEO is going to be uh, and taking away things off my site that's just not needed. I changed my site last year, uh, better brand. Uh, you know, I've taken some things off like sliders that were slowing my site down. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a lot cleaner. Gotcha. And I, I just uh, actually went through the same exercise where I didn't have a slider, but there was just a lot of bulk and I've like pared mm. it down where it's like just the content is front and center. Um, especially like on the, with a written word, it's like no one really cares about, you know, the little boxes with a shadow around it. I mean, it doesn't really <laughs> matter that much. So, yeah. okay, cool. So moving on to some mistakes that you've made. So I know when I, got started and actually still now I make a lot of mistakes. They're just like way bigger <laughs> and more expensive. <laughs> so that's what happens when things go well, you just make bigger and mistakes. more stressful. Yeah. So <laughs> do you have any mistakes or as many as you want to share? I know I've made so many that I'm sure you got a laundry list of them too. So go ahead. Yeah. Uh, being one is um, in this particular space is being one platform sensitive uh, where I was heavily uh, in, you know, social media traffic. It wasn't so much in you know, Google and SEO and, and different search engines. That's a big mistake. Uh, and I had 
seen it all over the internet uh, and people were like, you know, I, this is something that I should know as a, as a business owner and, and buying websites. And when I first started, I, I read about it. I was like, yeah, that's cool, but I can, you know, I can cross-contaminate to different, you know, mediums of traffic once I own the business. And I thought that's really, really cool. What I what my biggest mistake was going, oh, this is working, you know, bright and shiny, shiny object syndrome, they call it SOS. Like this this thing's working. Like let's just pour money, more money and time into this and don't worry about what's not working. Right. <laughs> huge mistake. Huge mistake. Because, you know, when that thing stops working as well as it was, then you're you really it really hurts it really it really kills your your pace so that's a huge thing huge mistake is is not be one platform sensitive um a a minimum of two uh if you go to too too many i feel that's it's like if you're like trying to do like facebook twitter snapchat pinterest all these different ones it's I, i try to stick to three two to three um so that's a huge mistake that i made Another mistake was this: the biggest mistake I feel. I'll start with one, and then there's another really big mistake as well. Is that I bought into the whole um, the whole thing of like to make money online, I need to start my own online business. And I'm not biased to this. Um, I try not to be anyway, as as best as possible. But I try to start my own online business, and there's a combination of two things that happen. The first was like, all right, I'm going to to make money online. I need to start an online business. That's the first mistake that I made. The second, and that's not true because I found there was a different approach where I could buy businesses instead or do JVs with people or whatever it is. That's a huge mistake that I made. It's like I need to, to make money online. There's one thing that I can do, and that's start a business or a website business. That's huge. The second biggest mistake was that, not only did I want to start this online business, but I needed to do it alone. And the reason I needed to do it alone and I perceived it is because I saw everybody all over the internet, all over social sharing that they're a self-made millionaire. And that's a huge mistake because nobody, in my opinion, is self-made because we all read books well, most people read books. A lot of people read books. A lot of people, a lot of people listen to podcasts, read something off the internet, go to school, learn something off somebody, hear something over another conversation, or go away get a coach and a mentor. Anybody that's achieved any level of success has had somebody on their side. So there's two massive stuff ups. Like I was biased, so like I I need to start a business and it needs to be me. And then the second thing is it needs to be me by myself because I'm going to be a self-made millionaire and be this awesome success story. So the those three mistakes are huge and as soon as I stopped those and I started putting my hand up for help and realizing that instead of competing with everybody, why don't I just collaborate with everybody, like change that word competition to collaboration mm-hmm. and it was, it's just a game changer for me and like fun and relieves the stress. Like the amount of stress and pressure that I put on myself because I need to start a business and I need to do it alone and nobody could tell me how because I need to find it out for myself. It's just dumb. Yeah, uh, all great points. And you, you mentioned books. So do you have maybe like 
top two or three books you really, you know, found influential over the last few years here? Yeah, the top one is um, The Obstacle is the Way by Ryan Holiday. Uh, it talks about emotional intelligence and how to, you know, deal with things that pop up and life happens, right? And we get, um, you know, things that really causes stress and i was going through a stressful period i had two businesses i was running this um i was a supervisor for a plumbing firm when i found this book it was such a relief because it really helped me understand so much of what was going on in my life and how to deal with it emotionally and that was a great book um it helped it sees that you know it, it teaches you that the obstacle actually is the way on the opposite side of our fear on the opposite side of our problem is if we tackle those we get the answer and that's the thing that we actually need to grow. Now, a lot of people in life, I feel, and I see it everywhere, is that they've got too many fears and they, want, they don't want any more fears. They don't want any more problems. They don't want any more struggles. For me, personally, I'm a bit of a sicko and people think that I'm a, see that I'm a bit of a sicko is because the more problems I have, the more fears I have, the more struggles I have, the more I grow. <laughs> right? Yeah. So that's, a, so that's a huge book is The, the Obstacle is the Way. Uh, another one would be, Mm, there's so many books. That's probably my favorite. Okay. If you're for somebody who's going to try and make money online, a really good one that I got was uh, Russell Brunson from ClickFunnels. Mm-hmm. His book, Expert Secrets. You could probably still get it for free. That's his deal. You get it, you just pay shipping and get it for free. That's a really cool book. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, yeah. before before you go, I I've seen that book and I've seen you know ClickFunnels and. I, you know what? I'm sure it's great, um, but I I just can't. I hate his video um, ads that I would see, and it's just yeah. it's a, it's too much for me. But I mean, I'm sure it's a great book. People seem to love it. ClickFunnels is amazing, and blah blah blah. But I'm just like, ah, I don't like the way he talks in all the ads that they were shoving down my throat for like a couple years straight. But <laughs> that's just me. So it's good though. Yeah, I, I actually the book's really good. I got the book before I got ClickFunnels. Okay. Uh, and now I have ClickFunnels, and I've gone away. And there's other tools that you can use, but it's it's very simple to use. I, I don't endorse it. I don't have an affiliate link. The reason they've grown so much is because people make so much money off their affiliate commissions. Uh, yeah. And so I'm not the person like, hey, come and use my affiliate link for that. But I believe it's good. I like yeah. it. Uh, and I'll stick with it for a little bit for sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you know, that was the other thing I kept seeing like people talking about how much like, you know, click funnels was allowing them to make. And it was through selling click funnels with click funnels mm-hmm. in the funnel. And I was like, all right, the, something's a little fishy there, but obviously great businesses are built on it. I use another tool um, that does actually I have a Frankenstein set of things, but deadline funnel for me. Um, oh, yeah like works fine. It did the job, the, a, a portion of the job of ClickFunnel. And what happens, as you know, you end up with a tech stack that you put together over time. And then you end up with like integrations that work. And if you, if I move to something else, things would break in the migration. So I'm like, ah, it works like it's not perfect, but it's, it works. So yeah. Yeah. And I, I have gone, all right, I've only got a couple of different funnels that I'm using with this thing. What I just pay a VA to go away and change, you know, just change it all over to like the one website, the one hosting, all that sort of stuff. Don't need to pay this monthly fee. 
Um, but then again, if I want to go away and change it, then I'm going to have to hire somebody to change it again. And I could do it myself really quick. Right? As soon as I have the thought, I can get it done rather than, oh, I'm going to have to hire a team, like get my team onto it and stuff like that. One thing that I don't like about ClickFunnels is that they've got great support, but because it gets so much um, – like there's so much exposure to people trying to on sell it as for affiliate commissions is that sometimes when I have gone to solve a problem, I've typed it in and the only thing that I've got is somebody's like pages and pages of people trying to sell me to already get back on ClickFunnels because they're going to make a commission. So they get ba- they get banked up so high on, on Google on the search engine. I'm like, oh man, I just, I've got this thing that's been annoying me for like three days. I need to fix this problem <laughs> and you're just trying to sell me again. <laughs> right. It's yeah, it's a it's a vicious cycle. So yeah. Okay, moving moving on from click funnels and back. No, that was my fault. I mean, that's the beauty of the tangents that we can go on here. Um I'm gonna I'm gonna backtrack and tie together another thread um here. So you mentioned um that you purchased a business that had some VAs and it sounded like you did a pretty good job onboarding them. And, you know, working with them as the new owner. And you also mentioned that you were a supervisor at, at your previous uh, gig. So it, it sounds like you had some management skills. Um, can you give any tips for people that maybe, well, actually tell me about the management skills that you have and the HR abilities and all that. And then hopefully some tips for people that don't have that. Hiring VAs is very scary for people that haven't done it before. So what can you tell us about all that? Oh, wow. There's so much there. Um, I I don't like I, – I sucked at management, if I'm going to be honest. Uh, I started to get good when I started learning more about coaching. And um, the what I've learned when I bought that business is that is to make sure that I listen to everybody and take everybody's advice and take it all with a grain of salt and then make a decision that's right for the vision of the website of the business, not anyone's individual uh, sort of like, I want this because it's going to be better for this and it's going to be easy for me. Whilst that's the case, yes, it may not be the best thing for the client or the customer or anything like that. So one thing is to is to be an amazing listener and this is a hard thing that I – because I'm, I'm, I can talk for days and I can used to be able to cut people in but the best I can do now is to just force myself to listen and when I do that is not just listen to respond but listen to understand and when I can do that, I can really see where they're coming from and then I take that away, sit with it and think, all right, what's the best for the vision of the company? And that's the that's a really big thing is, is listen and don't take anybody's individual like goals into, into account if it's going to clash with the vision of the website. Um, your other thing was hiring uh, people, like how to go about that. Now this is a fun thing. It's it's so fun. They say uh, be slow to hire, fast to fire. I definitely agree with that. That's something that I've taken on board, and I've taken um, I, I've taken multiple people off my team this year. Um, not because they weren't any good, but because the business model was changing. And when I first started hiring, 
I jumped on Upwork and I looked at as many people as I could and I tried to look at as you can read reviews on reviews and you just don't know until you get them working for you. You just don't know. So you have to, yes, do your best to really make a right decision and then it, you might need to go through two, three, four, five different VAs to get the one that you want to keep on board with you. And if you, it's frustrating when you've got gotten your second one and you're like, this person's no good. And you're like, I've got to go back to the drawing board and do it again. And yes, you do. But if you understand that this is a process and you know that in the end you're going to have somebody that's going to work with you for a long time and they're good, you trust them, they trust you, and they're going to do the right things – it's worth it. Like it's definitely worth it. Uh, a second thing when hiring is that you get what you pay for. And a lot of people, when I, this is me, I, when I first started, I was like, I'm going to hire this person because it's like a couple of dollars an hour. Like this is great. And the work just wasn't there. And it's actually cost you more money in the long run to have to hire somebody to do it again or you to change it yourself. So it's going to cost you more time and more money. So normally it's better to pay for the quality in hiring. And uh, that's that's my biggest tip there when you're hiring VAs or anybody really is is you pay people what they're worth. Yeah, definitely. And it's funny, I just got an email from someone the other day said, hey, why don't you use this other VA service? Um, you can get it for way cheaper. But it's not about getting it for cheaper. It's about getting mm-hmm. a better ROI and like getting quality, not getting your attention pulled away because someone mess- made a mistake and now you have to go fix it and then figure yeah. out what to do with them. So um, yeah, it's really common. I mean, I, I was that way too, right? Like in the very beginning, you're like, oh, I want to make sure my expenses are absolutely as low as possible, but it's not always the best idea. So cool. Mm. All right. So we're coming towards the end here and I'm going to ask you where folks could find you in a second, but do you have any just advice for people who are looking to purchase businesses and, you know, a mindset, anything that you want to just extend out to the audience here yeah um so let's talk about people that want to i'll talk about mindset after i talk about the advice of people are wanting to buy websites is when you do come to want to buy a website is first go away and look on the website brokers the ones that we talked about before doug you know empire flippers look at flipper look at fe international latonas fe uh, I mean, Quiet Light Brokerage, all these different ones. Just jump on Google and just Google website brokers and you'll find a bunch of them. Look at the businesses for sale. See how much they cost. See how much they're making per month average net profit. And then also find out how many hours it takes to run that sort of business. And you're going to learn from doing that, you're going to learn a few different types of business models and that's really, really cool. Now, now that you know that sort of stuff, the second thing you need to do is really spend as much time and as much money as you want in educating yourself on how to do research and due diligence. Anyone can go away and buy a website. If I if I want to go away and spend, you know, 50 grand or whatever it is that I may have and buy a site, I can do that. But that doesn't mean that it's going to be successful or I'm going to buy a good one. Uh, so I believe the most important thing is spend time and money on educating yourself how to do research and due diligence. And through that phase, what well, my favorite thing is you're going to learn so many things on how businesses run 
already, how they're already growing their businesses. You're going to talk to so many sellers. And from doing that, you're going to get a Rolodex of ideas and ways that you can build a business that you end up buying for yourself anyway. And so that education is a double double education there is you learn how to grow and build businesses, but you also learn how to buy them. And I believe paying for that education is really important. You can find stuff online. If you want to do it that way, great, but it's going to take you a lot longer. Um, and then the lastly is anybody wanting to have any level of success in life in anything is like put your hand up for help, get a coach, get a mentor, get somebody to actually help you to guide you along the process and do it. Um, and that's the biggest advice I'd have for people buying websites. As for mindset stuff is I have heaps of mindset principles that I do every day and every week. And the most powerful one is like, like, like we've talked about Doug is like, we can get stressed in life. Everybody does, especially with, as a business owner, and if we can take that frustration into gratitudes, uh, and, like it's the most powerful thing that I've learned is that being grateful. Like when I wake up in the morning, I think about things I'm grateful for. My partner, we te- we when we're not together, we text each other um, what our wins were for the day and what our gratitudes were for the day. And um, it's a funny thing. I tried to get that set up with her a while ago and then she did some course She's like, oh, we should do this. I'm like, yeah, we should definitely do that. (laughs) Uh, It's funny. Um, And so the gratitudes, the wins, and reminding yourself of of where you're at. If if you are are having trouble, that's okay. Everybody has trouble. Everybody goes through that. And then another huge thing for mindset is you get what you focus on. Now, if you're focusing on – Fuck, I hate my job. Mm-hmm. Or excuse my language if that wasn't allowed. Nope, but if, if, yeah. If, yeah, if you're like focusing like, oh, my car sucks because it doesn't start every single morning or my car looks crap and you're just comparing yourself to so many other things and uh, just being, you know, focusing on all these negative things, like you're going to get more of that. And so when you focus on like, you only, and this is some of my clients are like, oh, I don't know why I'm not getting results. I'm like, well, how much time are you spending focusing on what you actually want? Like, are you doing any education? Like, no, I'm, I'm working too much. I'm like, okay, cool. The more you focus on work is the more you're going to get that and it's easier for you going to stay there. So spend some time focusing on the things that you actually want to achieve and not just spending time like maybe 10, like a couple of hours a week you know, two hours a day or an hour each day of a weekday on learning or reading a blog post or listening to a podcast or whatever it is. Spend that time focusing on that. And then also what's really important is visualizing what you want, like visualizing your dream life. And if you focus on that, yeah, sure, it's not going to be like the secret where like poof, it's going to just land on your doorstep because mm-hmm. that just doesn't happen. It's like, the power of manifestation is like think it and you think it, believe it, and you can achieve it. Yes, you can. But when you do that, there's something else that's really important and vital that you have to do. When you think about something and your goals and your mission and what you actually want to achieve, it doesn't just drop on your doorstep. But what does happen is the more you focus on it, the more opportunities in your life are going to pop up. And those opportunities may pop up on your doorstep. It doesn't mean you're going to get what you want. First, you need to take action on those opportunities. And that's the biggest step that most people fail to do is like, I, I'm not achieving anything. Like, what are you doing about it? 
<laughs> right. You got to right. take it. Yeah. Those are all fantastic points. And, you know, one, one little, th- I can't keep my mouth shut. I guess I'm going to add uh, like just a quick little underscore. Yeah, bring it. Bring um, it all. So like the, the education, yes, absolutely. hundred percent agree. Um, you know, you have to have the baseline, but then there's the, I was in this camp, so I feel comfortable talking about it where there's so much like education available. There's so much content, um, all over the place. It's very easy to overeducate yourself to the point where you, number one, you can't make a decision because there's like too many possibilities because you filled your brain with too much stuff. And sometimes you have to, you know, stop, um, consuming because you, you know enough. And you have to execute for a while, get some feedback on that. Maybe, maybe a little re-education, but you're nodding. So you, you know what I'm talking about. It's like, mm. don't, you, it's a balance of like education and execution and then like a feedback loop to make sure you're getting the things done that you really like want to get done. So I love it. I love it. And somebody once told me that wisdom is, um, education plus, uh, reflection and that's exactly what you just said it's just yeah I love it because yeah decision fatigue is like there's so many people exactly like you said is they go away and they do all these seminars they learn all this stuff and like oh I'm not achieving anything I'm like well, well you've learned all this stuff like are you doing it <laughs> well and, and it's tough because you know, sometimes someone will, you know, educate really well. They'll actually execute well, but they pick the one little thing that kind of matters, but not really. And then that's where like having a mentor or someone uh, with more experience or someone in your mastermind group to observe from the outside and let you know, hey, you know, pivot a little bit. Like it's really close, like focus on this part and then, you know, things open up. So, um, yeah. Okay, cool. So where can people find you, Jared? Yeah, awesome. So uh, they can just go to my website, buyingonlinebusinesses, plural.com. So buyingonlinebusinesses, um, you know, you can contact me through there. My website, jaredkraus.com, which is my name. Um, and then on socials, I'm just Jared Kraus as well on Facebook, uh, Instagram, and LinkedIn. I don't really do the other ones because, yeah, but that's the easiest place to find me. Awesome. Sounds great. And I'll put links and everything for uh, the people so they can get to it without having to type it in and all that stuff. So thanks, Jared. Really appreciate it. Um, And have a great day. Thank you so much for having me aboard. I really appreciate it as well. And I had so much fun. So thank you. Thanks. Thanks again to Jared. I really appreciate the time. And don't forget, everyone, check out his podcast. Check out his free resources over there at buying online businesses that could be helpful for you if you're looking to buy a business. And I'm going to hit a couple, uh, actually just one question here that I think hopefully it, it, it will fit. Hopefully it will fit into the topic of you know, today we talked a lot about drop shipping. And as I mentioned, um, in many previous episodes, I primarily deal with affiliate marketing and it is a different business model, a lot of pros and cons for each one. And people may be thinking, well, Doug, it sounds like drop shipping is great. Why don't you do drop shipping? Well, the honest answer is I don't really want to. So 
I ended up doing affiliate marketing because that was the first thing that worked for me. And I was aware of drop shipping. I was aware of fulfilled by Amazon, retail arbitrage, Kindle publishing, fill in the blank, right? There's so many different business models out there. In fact, one of one of these business models that sort of makes me I don't I don't like it that much is where people talk about like sales funnels and then they just sell you the software to create sales funnels and they're the only thing they're selling is the sales funnel software which is kind of funny and really good for the sales funnel funnel software. I don't use that particular one by the way. I'm not mentioning mentioning which one that is either, but I've just seen like so many people doing it that it's bananas. So that that works too, though by the way. You actually can provide value and good coaching and good information for a very recursive and meta like business like that where someone is just selling funnel software to other people who, uh, again, sell that funnel software. It's bananas in my opinion, but that works too. And the, re- the reason why I'm going into this is what, what should you work on, right? Like there's all these business models out there. And if you're just getting started, it may be very confusing. And the answer is, I, I don't really know. I don't know which one's going to work for you. You kind of have to look at your personality. You have to look at what you like working on and that sort of thing. I can tell you one thing you should do though, right? I don't know what you should work on. I don't know what's going to work for you. I don't know what you'll be most successful at. I have no clue, but I can tell you that you should probably pick a business model that looks good to you. You know, maybe it looks good on paper and you got to try it for yourself. You got to see if it works. What you should not do is switch around and pick a bunch of different business models to work on roughly all around the same time. Because what will happen is you will end up making a couple mistakes at the beginning. Everyone makes mistakes because you don't know what you don't know. So you will goof up. You'll make some mistakes as long as they're not catastrophic. You'll be able, you'll be okay. You'll be able to recover and make it work. And then you learn from the mistake and then you won't do it again. The problem, if you say start with affiliate marketing and it, it takes a few months and it's not really working out for you, you think, and then you switch over to drop shipping and you stick with that for a couple months, you build a Shopify store, you start learning Shopify, and then you're like, oh, well, this really is harder than I expected. And then you move over to Kindle publishing and then you work on that for a little while for a couple months and it's not really gaining traction. Basically, you just end up with a string of projects that are failures that you are partially finishing. You're getting like 80% of the way there and then you're deciding it doesn't work and then you move on. And I know some people out there may be thinking, oh, that's not me though. It's so common though. If you just think back like at of your projects, like do you have a bunch of projects that are like mostly done, but not 100%. In some things, you know, it's hard to say that's 100% done, but at least you can have like a shippable product at the end of the day so that you are, you know, confident that you gave it a fair shot. So my point here is you can do almost any of these business models and be successful. You can, you can do all of them yourself too over the course of a few years or maybe a decade, or maybe a little bit longer. But the point is you can't skip around and make all these beginner's mistakes in in one business model and then another business model and then another business model and expect it to work out. Now, 
as I'm saying that out loud, I realize there's a good caveat, a, a very important thing, a point that I should make around that. You could end up doing what I just described where you gain a little bit of uh, skills in different areas over the course of a few years and it all looks like failures over time, right? Partially finished projects, but what you end up doing is learning a like very unique set of skills, a very uh, unusual combination where maybe all of a sudden, not all of a sudden, but over the course of several years, you realize that now you know how to write content, do SEO, ship products, sell things, do email marketing and sales funnels. And all of a sudden you have about six or seven skills that maybe you're okay at. You don't have to be great, but the combination is very powerful. So the downside on that, of course, is it's really hard to plan for it. And it's really hard to know when it's going to work out. Because again, it looks like you have a bunch of failed projects in your wake. Some may argue that's what my history looks like when you look at, um, actually, I'll just mention it really quick before we go too long, but you look back at my my college career. I didn't do an awesome job. Um, I went to a pretty good school and I did okay. I got an okay job and then I was generally in the middle of the pack as far as performance. I wasn't really great at any one thing. And then I decided I didn't like working at that particular company anymore. And then I went to another one where I just like followed money. I learned a few things there, which was good. Um, you, you look at my like real estate investing area. I bought a house at the like worst time in the last, I don't know, hundred, 150 years or something like that. I bought a house in like 2005, lost a ton of money on it. Eventually it went into foreclosure. And uh, when you look at some of my early niche sites, right, you will see most of them didn't work out in the beginning for like the first several months. And then one of them did. And then, like I said, I do affiliate marketing because that's the first thing that worked for me. And now I've just been like iterating and refining my process. I see what works. I've gotten better at it over time. And now I can like teach people and they are successful, which I think is, you know, a very very powerful thing to help other people out. So anyway, the point is you may end up some somewhere further down the line where you're like, oh, that's a pretty interesting combination of skills. So for me, I wasn't a great uh, you know management consultant. I was okay, but I learned about uh, like a lot of people skills. Like when you when you're introduced to a to a company. Actually, this goes deep into management consulting, but so I won't go too deep on that but the consultants know what I'm talking about. I was, you know, young, inexperienced, and they would send me into um, like conference rooms with people that were way more experienced than me. And you have to be able to like operate in that fashion, even though if you may not know really what you're talking about. So part of it was that I wasn't a great public speaker, not a great presenter. I was an okay project manager. I was an okay software developer. I was an okay tester. And on and on and on. I didn't do a great job, you know, trying to figure out which house to buy. And it's really hard to time the market. Sometimes you you just have bad luck. Sometimes you have good luck. And overall, all of these things together are, uh, I feel like it's a pretty good combination. And then when you fast forward to when I got into internet marketing, I didn't know much about 
uh, like copywriting or branding or writing, like just even, even writing content for the web. I didn't know anything about email marketing. I didn't know about uh, email list building. I didn't know about creating a course and fill in the blank. I didn't know anything. I have no business background at all. I have an engineering degree. So I have no idea about marketing or business or anything like that. So all these things put together end up being an interesting combination. I'm making it work for myself. I don't, I mean, externally people may have their own opinions about how things are going, but for me, it seems to be working pretty well. So anyway, I will leave it at that. Everyone have a great day. Check out Jared's uh, blog, his podcast, and all his resources, stuff like that. And we will catch you on the next Doug show. Thank you.